What does barbecue mean to you? It's all about family. Good food. Summertime and friends. Of nostalgia. A whole lot of tasty. Soul-filling, belly-filling goodness. All of my favorite foods. A cultural touchstone. For me, it's a tether to the people who came before me. Getting together with family and friends. Ho, ho, how is everybody doing? Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Welcome to episode number 183 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. And thank you for listening in. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas this past weekend, and it is time now for part one of our annual year in review. This is a chance for me to look back at the year of podcasts and to share some of my favorite moments. That is coming right up after I tell you about the best sauce on the planet. Friends, I've been telling you about Sticky Fix from Motley Q for a while now. Recently named the 2021 best sauce on the planet, at the American Royal World Series of Barbecue Sauce Contest. Sticky Fix will be your new go-to, perfect for the whole family. Believe me when I say this stuff goes great on everything, from quick grilled chicken to a 16-hour slow-smoked pork butt. Joe and Jess from Motley Q are mainstays on the Canadian competition barbecue scene, and their years of culinary and competition experience shine through in all of their products. They put lots of time and careful attention into each item, and they love how barbecue brings people together. Barbecue is a big part of their family, and they want to help everyone make it a part of theirs, too. Motley Q sauces and seasonings are crafted to deliver high-quality flavor to all barbecue dishes, from beef, chicken, and pork to wild game and vegetables. They've got a sauce or seasoning fit for any dish or occasion. Visit motleyq.ca, M-O-T-L-E-Y-Q-U-E dot C-A, to see their full lineup and get your bottle of the best sauce on the planet. Listeners of the Eat More Barbecue podcast can use the discount code EATMOREQ to save 15% off your order. That's discount code E-A-T-M-O-R-E-Q-U-E at motleyq.ca. One of my favorite people to have on the show is Graham Sherman from Toolshed Brewery and Notorious P-I-G-Y-Y-C Barbecue. Graham has an infectious energy around him and I love his way of looking at the challenges that we all face. In this clip, he talks about taking COVID-19 in stride as just another obstacle to being an entrepreneur. The first rumblings of this whole COVID thing and didn't really yeah. know what was, uh, had no idea what was ahead of us. So it's been uh, been a crazy year. So maybe you can talk about uh, what that last, uh, you know, 10 or 12, uh, tw- 10 or 11 months, I guess, or right. so. As, uh, I think I was barbecuing that day as well. You were, you had some, uh, <laughs> I think you had some ribs going out there out front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, COVID's just one of those random things. It's, uh, it, it's really tough to deal with, but it's nothing new when you're an entrepreneur to have to deal with, uh, the, the, you know, the types of things that, that come at you in your business that you just could never have guessed you could never have expected yep. and they broadside you and can sink the boat. And you just, you, uh, you know, I, uh, it's, I, I, it was not too long ago. I was, I was asked about, you know, what does it mean as an entrepreneur to get hit with something like this? And my response was like, well, it's nothing new. Like mm-hmm. every day there's something trying to put you out of business when you're an entrepreneur and you kind of got to just realize this is the rest of my life dealing with yeah. seemingly, you know, uh, insurmountable barriers and mountains to climb. And, and so I don't know what's tomorrow. I, I, I think we've, we've done the best job we possibly can to get through yep, COVID yep. and um, I don't know what's coming next, but yeah. I, I gotta be ready to, you know, come up with a solution that's never been done before to that's right. get through the next thing, just like we had to do this year. Right. Yeah. Now are you hearing any rumblings as to when things might open back uh, up I a mean, little bit or. I, I don't even listen when people yeah. rumble because nobody knows. Yeah. So you know, the last thing I heard was March 1st, okay. but, but I don't know if that has any weight. Um, so really what you got to do is make a plan for what if we never open up and yeah. just have to do delivery. You just have to do off, you know, sales. And, and it's a, it's a, it's a really scary thing to, you know, plan the new way of doing business in these times and then just hope and pray that eventually we open back up. Right. Yeah. And we were just talking before we started recording, uh, kind of the the impact of the COVID's had on from a business standpoint, uh, yeah. your your percentage of retail sales compared to what yeah. what what happens uh, with the tap room and everything, and that's uh, yeah. Well, there's there's a real misnomer. Uh, like I I think a lot of people think that oh well alcohol everybody drinks alcohol so you guys are probably great, mm-hmm. but it's not the case. I mean, almost seventy percent of my revenue is based on restaurants and pubs, and uh, you know, and and that's. Uh, 
that's keg sales. That's, yeah. that's, that's how we, we uh, maintain our, our revenue. And, you know, my business is almost a quarter of a million dollars a month to run. Yeah. And I need a lot. I, I mean, I have a thousand customers selling my beer yeah. and a good majority of them are, are shut down. So yes, retail's up, but if retail was 20% of my business and even if it doubled and it's 40%, I'm still not paying my bills. Yeah. So the, you know, the other side of it is, is I think at the beginning of COVID, it was fun. And you, you know, I, I don't mean fun. I mean, you know, where you're stuck at home, you're quarantined, whatever it is, everyone was drinking like mad <laughs> and yep. the retail sales spiked. But here we are in phase two of the lockdown going, okay, I added a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah. I need to just chill the frig out and yeah. uh, maybe I could drink a little less. There's yeah. dry January. So, yeah. so there's a lot less consumption going on right now. And, and I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but boy, yeah. oh boy, does it impact our, uh, the final 20% that we have left to try mm-hmm. to stay alive. I, I could imagine that uh, a lot of restaurants would be, would be, uh, grateful for anything right now yeah. with, uh, the shutdown, just everybody's just shut down. Like it's, it's, it's uh, horrifying to watch a lot of my great friends that I actually consider family. A yeah. lot of these great restaurants perishing because they just can't keep going. Leroy and Lewis Barbecue in Austin is at the front forefront of a new wave of in Texas of chef-inspired barbecue, and it was great to see them hit the Texas Monthly Top 50 Barbecue Joints last list last month in the number five spot. In this clip with Evan Leroy, we talk about his beginnings in the restaurant business, the importance of fostering talent to build a team, and also a bit of hockey. Came back to Austin to go to culinary school. Uh, just a short program after I graduated, and then I moved to New York City. I uh, worked a little bit in a couple of restaurants, and then I became the pit master at Hill Country Barbecue. Okay, yeah. Um, and then I moved back to Austin. I opened a place called Friedman's yep. as the chef there. I worked there for four years, and then I opened Leroy Lewis. Awesome, yeah. I've, uh, the more uh, I, I listen to a lot of barbecue podcasts, uh, a number yeah. of them based out of Texas, and talking, hearing uh, uh, from guys in Austin Friedman's and then there's another spot there and the name is escaping me kind of seems to be uh seems to be a lot of uh, offshoots from uh of folks like yourself that have kind of gone from there and uh, moved into yeah, their own yeah. operations. Yeah, uh, Friedman's is closed now but yeah. um I worked there from 2012 to 2016 yeah. and we built up a really good team there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Brad, who works with me now, yeah. Chud's BBQ, uh, yeah, that's where we met. I hired him there. Uh, my good friend Christopher McGee, yeah. who is one of the masters at The Switch, uh, that's where we met. Uh, my friend Lane and Jalen, who uh, own Goldie's Barbecue right. in Kennendale or Fort Worth. Yeah. And also my friend Joel Garcia, who has uh, Teddy's in Westlaco in the right, Valley. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a huge team there. Uh, full of really, really talented cooks, um, and it was fun. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a, almost a family tree that you can uh, of barbecue that you can uh, look at uh, coming out of that location there. Yeah, you know, I never really had like a kind of mentor chef or mm-hmm. barbecue kind of mentor, and anybody that I really can kind of point to uh, that I really like learned a lot from, other than like my dad, you know. Yeah. Um, so. I like to be able to hopefully provide that to other people. For sure. Um, and it's really important to me to build a solid team, you mm-hmm. know, places that have like a revolving door, uh, you know, are never quite as, uh, you know, successful as places where they have a solid staff. For sure. Uh, before we get any further, a question I've been asking my guests lately, Evan, is uh, what does barbecue mean to you? barbecue mean to me uh um to me barbecue is a cultural touchstone for Mm -hmm. me right it's something that is really important for texans for people from uh you know the united states it's such a specific cuisine that we have that a lot of other people you know don't necessarily have it the same way uh that we do it kind of it's uniquely American in a way that it kind of brings together all these different cultures and it's regional. Um, and it is kind of, you know, it's kind of bombastic in a way too, that is, uh, uniquely American. And I mean, it's 
it's it's more than just a menu to me. Like to a lot of people, barbecue is brisket and ribs sure. and pulled pork and potato salad. But to mm. me, it's like a method of cooking. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, you know, it's an extremely important part of my life. Absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's an obsession for me. Yep. And uh, I was listening to uh, the latest episode of your podcast today. And uh, you, you mentioned uh, that you're a bit of a hockey fan. So being up here in Canada or uh, my, yeah. listen- my listeners here will be uh, interested to hear that. Yeah, you're from uh, from Edmonton, right? I'm in Calgary, actually. Oh, okay, cool, so, awesome. Three hours, uh, three hours south of Edmonton. So yeah, uh, so I yeah grew up in Austin. You know, yeah. like I was, I think, like eight years old when the Mighty Ducks came out, sure, and that yeah. just like hit me. Yeah. And as soon as the movie ended, I like turned around to my parents. I was like, I'm playing ice hockey. <laughs> like that's going down. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, yeah. And the closest rink was like twenty miles away. Yeah, so but not as uh, not as accessible there. No, but I mean, you know, we still did it. We bought all the equipment, and it was—I yeah. mean, it was really popular back then in the nineties. Yeah, know, it, in America, with it was it was just hot. Yeah, um, and I played for like I think like eight years. Okay, um, and I just had an awesome time, and I kind of you know moved away from it for a little bit, but. And recently getting back into it. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, right I, on. I love, I've, I've been watching like almost every night and like listening to games and just like, yeah. Well, with this, uh, with their condensed schedule right now, it's uh, there's no shortage of games every night. So I know there's like a dozen games on yesterday. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Like, back and forth. Yeah. Back in March, I was able to tick an item off the podcast bucket list when I welcomed the one and only Wayne Miller to the podcast. Wayne is the third generation pitmaster and owner of Louis Miller Barbecue in Taylor, Texas, which happens to be my all-time favorite barbecue joint to visit. Here, Wayne talks about his upbringing in the restaurant and his mission to spread the gospel of Texas barbecue, something his father Bobby would have frowned upon. I think it was 2015, 2015 or so, um, Fox News came out with the list of top 20 top 15 most influential people in in barbecue in america okay the top three were um aaron franklin um was uh myron mixon was number right. three okay and oh who was the producer for um bar Barbecue pitmasters. Okay, John John Marcus. Right. Okay. Those, yeah. So so all three of these gentlemen were on barbecue pitmasters. Right. Essentially. Yeah. Or or produced it. So they yep. were the top three. Uh, the next the next tier was non TV personalities and Louis Miller and, and me, my father, my grandfather. So we came in as that next level of yep. of, of influence nationally, internationally. It's a weird thing to see that. Yeah. But. Um, I don't want people to forget my father. I don't want people to forget my grandfather. Right. They sacrificed a lot. They worked really hard. They developed and influenced just how things are done. Mm-hmm. So uh, they deserve so much credit, way more than anything that I've ever done. Right. For sure. No, and I've heard, kind of heard you talk about that you kind of learned the craft from your dad, from Bobby. How how well did you know your grandfather? Or did you? I don't know the, the time. Oh, sure. Yeah. I I knew my grandfather well. Yeah. Um, my grandfather gave up the restaurant and had my father take it over in 1974. Okay. So I was eight, about to be nine, and I started working in the restaurant at the same time. Okay. Family package. Working, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I was, I was working for sure. I was, yeah. I was, but I wasn't cooking any meats. I was. Cleaning tables, sweeping sure. floors, taking out trash, yep. cleaning bathrooms, washing dishes, mm-hmm. all, all, all the uh, high-profile yeah, positions absolutely. And, and activities. Yeah, And I was a, you know, I was a, a, a true apprentice because you didn't touch a lot of things. You watched, mm-hmm. listened. Um, it was years before you actually had an opportunity to, to be invited to participate. Yeah. Um, other than be a gopher. Mm-hmm. But I did. My father, he he thought I could, I could handle twisting sausage at an early age, so around okay. nine. 
I guess yep. it was about nine. Um, he'd stack up some some coke wooden coke crates for me to stand on, so yep. I could reach over the the backsplash of the table, put some tape down, and said, "Okay, they're supposed to be this long. Yep. Now make sure they're this long." Yep. And he marked the tape for me, and that was my job. I was twisting sausage at an early age. Yep. Um, and over the years, you know, I worked in the restaurant until I left for college. Mm-hmm. I worked at a, I had other jobs too, but yeah, you know, this, the, uh, the restaurant, I couldn't get away from fully. I, they let me step away a yep. little, yep. uh, so that I could have some, I guess, some diversity of experience, mm-hmm. but, but they're like, no, we need you here on weekends. We need you here on Saturdays in particular, yep. sometimes after, after school. So whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time watching and listening, and I, I liken my experience to. Um, I do. I there's two. There's there's sort of two um, organizational orbits. I, I sort of use as, as similes when I talk barbecue. One of them is sports. Uh, the other is is religion, mm-hmm. because I, I feel that the people that are guests. Our, our patrons, uh, they fall into these sort of categories. There's there's an emotional component that that really um, touches people um, in a spiritual way. It doesn't happen to everybody, but it does happen to some. Mm-hmm. And and they and they become these true acolytes, these missionaries. Um, and but the gen- more of the general public. Uh, especially those who want to who want to learn to do what we do or be knowledgeable in what we do, um, want to be an, a Monday morning quarterback, if you will. They have more of, of the fanatic side to them. Uh, they'll dabble in it. They may have done a few things with it before, but they leave the professionals to what's going on in the field, and they love to go eat it. Yeah. Right. So uh, the, you have these two groups, and but there's a lot of emotion that is attached to both groups. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that one of the greatest, one of the greatest steps forward for our industry has been in the last 10 years by making Texas barbecue and barbecue in general, a mainstream dining option. Absolutely. From Texas to Weyburn, Saskatchewan, Corey Young and Lowbrow Barbecue is trying to bring that Texas barbecue feel to his corner of the world. Here he talks about taking inspiration from the iconic Snow's Barbecue in Lexington, Texas, to make his vision happen. Well, excellent. So obviously uh, the word is getting out that uh, you got something good going there, right? Yeah, yeah. We're looking at Esteban next to do one down there. Yep. So this should be pretty fun. Yeah, getting some pop-ups going and... uh... Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, they're not a thing here. <laughs> not so much. No, a few, a few around, but yeah, it's definitely not. Uh, you like know, trying you're, to talk to the restaurant owners on how they work and, and all that. It's yeah, it's a little difficult, but yeah, it works. Yep. Like uh, yeah. like anything else that happens south of the border, it'll uh, slowly make its way up here, and it'll be, kind of become the norm for us, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Uh, so get into the menu a little bit. Uh, you mentioned just kind of the basic stuff. Uh, your brisket, what, uh, I guess if you had a, a style of barbecue that you're cooking, uh, what would that be? Texas. Texas style? Texas style. Yeah. I just use salt and pepper. Nice. Um, two parts pepper, one part salt, coarse yep. grind. Yep. And slather it. And yeah, I, 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 I tried the injections. I've tried the, the, the really big elaborate rubs and mm. I just find salt and pepper is the best yep. for like for my taste. Yep. Personally. Yep. So that's what we do with that. Um, and then with like the pork and stuff, it's like the Carolinas, um, or on that side, like the South Carolina area. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, and same with the mac and cheese and the beans. I like, I'm infatuated with South Carolina cooking. Okay. I like that Cajun Creole I cook in is, I love it. Yep. So I bring that into the barbecue as well. Nice. Um, we're going to try and bring Newfie into it here soon, <laughs> but. You know, it's kind of hard to have salt meat put yeah. in the in the barbecue. Yeah, I'm gonna say a canned moose, or what's that gonna be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So once I figure out how to how to smoke salt meat, I will. Yeah. <laughs> and fish, right? <laughs> oh yeah, smoke yeah. cod would be good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I see you're doing uh, some whole hog. I noticed uh, some whole hog pictures. Yeah, I've done. I did one for a buddy's wedding in the summer. Nice. We did a rotisserie on a rotisserie spit. Okay. Which it was that was it turned out phenomenal. Yeah, like it was amazing. So I tried one of the smoker to see which way I would put it. If I put a skin down, skin up. Mm-hmm. I'm like just you know okay. get ready for the summer so yep. I can offer it. Try it out, yeah. Try it out, yeah. And like I didn't put no seasoning, nothing on until the end. Yep. Kind of did it like um, kind of like how Ronnie Scott does his hogs. Yep. yep. Yeah, like oh, that's where I learned how to cook a hog. Right. Was watching him. Yep. Yeah, if you guys, him, Sam Jones, a few guys down there that you can uh, definitely learn from, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I noticed that pork takes flavor more at the end of the cook than the beginning. Anyway. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, got the seasoning in at the end there, and yeah, the seasoning, finishing sauce, and yep. all are good. Awesome. Yep. Excellent. And uh, doing, I see some charity type stuff, helping out local, uh, some local charities, it looks like. So talk about mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, like that's that's part of what barbecue is to me, right? Yeah. Like just that community feeling. So any chance we got, we, we help out, we donate or we'll have giveaways or anything like that. We'll do a fundraiser like we did a, a barbecue fundraiser for uh, – a lady that lives here, her brother had a child that needed a heart surgery right away. Oh, wow. Yep. So we donated a, a backyard barbecue, and some random guy in Regina won it, and he donated it back to the community. Nice. To another family that could never afford it. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, it's nice seeing that pay it forward kind of thing, right? Yeah, that kind of, like you say, that's what it is all about, right? The the community and helping everybody out. So. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, I'd love to see more of uh, more of that sort of thing with barbecue up here i don't know if you're familiar with down in the states operation barbecue relief yes and they you know they they, they seem to have a lot more natural disasters down south than we do here but uh, <laughs> yeah you know, we just got a lot of cold and wind yeah yeah i saw you uh, had some posts there about uh cooking in the minus 40 minus 50 so yeah that was for valentine's day yeah lovely yeah <laughs> yeah we had 146 meals to make that day wow and they don't care if the weather's going or not. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a struggle to keep the smoker going that night. Yep. Yeah. So right now it's uh, sorry, and you may have touched on it. Is it a weekly thing you're doing or monthly? With uh, uh, put, right now it's monthly. But not a menu once a month. Once a month we do a menu. We pick a Saturday. Yep. And then um, all the details get emailed to the customers. Mm-hmm. So that way people just don't show up. Sure. Yeah. Because um, I'm not set up for that quite yet. Yep. So the way it's, the way I want to get to it is, I just cook and then you just show up and you get what you get. Right. And when the food's gone, it's gone. Yep. But yeah. But until I get there, yeah, we do menus. Yep. And then you mentioned uh, you mentioned a truck. That's something you've got coming uh, uh, coming as, as yep. a plan going forward here. Ah, uh, yes, it is. Yeah, we're getting a food trailer going. Yep. Um. Hopefully, going to start building it here in the next month or so. Okay. So, if possible, we're going to get it going this summer. If not, it'll be the beginning of next season. Yep. Yeah. What's the What's the thought there? Have you got a spot where you can set up on a weekend and get people out to eat, or what's What do you think? I got I got a few places that I can go set up on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, and do the and do the Saturday barbecue thing. Yep. Um, like and then also like dragging it to a wedding, dragging yeah. it. Joe Blow's backyard, so we can do a big bash there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do some or, catering and special events, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'd be awesome if you could have kind of a hey, we're gonna be here every Saturday. Come uh come uh, come get it until we're until it's gone, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the plan. Create that uh create that that create the event, I guess, right? And, yeah, create the event, yeah, create the demand yeah. and just and hopefully have it so we can set up picnic tables and stuff so we can exactly. have people there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Remind, I don't know if you're familiar with Snow's uh, Barbecue down in Lexington, Texas, and uh, same yeah. idea, right? Once a week, and it's uh, it is an event. I've uh, I was lucky enough to go to be down there about four years ago, and it's uh, oh, were you? It's a uh, yeah, it's 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 a thing, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's where I got the. I learned about Snow's a couple of years ago, I guess, from yeah. Texas Monthly. Yeah, and um, that's that's where I, that Saturday barbecue thing just rang with me from that, yeah. right? Yeah, like hearing how Tootsie. Miss Tootsie had the barbecue when she was a kid and mm-hmm. growing up. And then also like back home in Newfoundland, we have Sunday meals. Right. Right. We have Jigs dinner once a week. Yep. 
It's just that's that's what you wait for it. You get it. You eat it. You go to for a nap after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it plays off of that as well. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, got was lucky enough to meet Tootsie and got my picture with her. And uh, when I was in line, you mentioned to- Texas Monthly. Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly was in line right in front of me, so got to chat with him a little bit. And uh, just well, that's a, pretty good. It was an amazing experience, right? It just uh, you look around <laughs> and all the. Uh, all these people that you know from Texas barbecue, uh, they go there on Saturday mornings, right? It's uh, it's really qu- pretty cool. So <laughs> yeah, they'll drive all over just to get there. Oh yeah, absolutely. When we return to the year in review, we'll hear from an Alberta garlic farmer, a hot sauce company, and a couple of Calgary-based barbecue restaurants. But first, a word from Pitt County Barbecue, who is bringing authentic North Carolina-style whole hog barbecue north of the border to Alberta and Canada. Based out of Edmonton with the ability to travel, Pitt County Barbecue will come to your event and cook an entire pig on site using their custom-built cooker designed by owner and pitmaster Peter Zakuski. Specializing in corporate catering and private events, Pitt County Barbecue brings a unique regional barbecue dining experience. From North Carolina, chopped barbecue pork to Piedmont-style coleslaw, trust me when I say you've never tasted anything like this before. The meat is so good you don't even need sauce. Peter is truly inspired by the South. His attention to detail and quality is second to none. From delicious food to amazing customer service, make sure to book Pitt County Barbecue for your next event. Check out their recent web series, Friends of the Pit, on YouTube and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. To book your event, visit their website at pittcountybarbecue.com. And now, back to the year in review. Over the past year, I had the great opportunity to meet with a number of young farmers here in Alberta that are taking the legacy of their family farm operations and putting their own spin on it. In episode 144, I spoke with Kristen from 5th Gen Gardens near Wetasco in Alberta about starting up a vegetable garden and garlic business while learning the family wheat farming business. You know, it was just evident I needed a change. Yeah. It wasn't, just wasn't meant for me, you know, yeah. and, and I was at work and there were you know, a few things leading up to it, but essentially I ended up with time off at the farm that same year in the fall. Yeah. And I was out there for six or seven weeks in a row or something like that, trying desperately to help the harvest and I yep. made more work helped. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, long story short was that that year I had my first garden and while I was there, I just kept thinking like, I don't want to go back to the hospital and I just want to stay at the farm. I just want to grow food. I just mm-hmm. want to do something. And that's essentially that's how my business started. So, well, yeah, it's uh, you often hear that uh, multi generational things. There's a, a a certain draw that often pulls people back, right? For sure, yeah, yeah. And it, it's something that's really unique is a, a family farm, and mm-hmm. we're lucky to have three generations out there. My dad still does most of the farming. Yeah. I'm out there. My dad's dad, my grandpa, is oh, wow. still us. So awesome! It's a pretty special thing to mm-hmm. be working field with multiple generations like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. I was talking to a uh, a barbecue restaurant operator down in Texas a few weeks ago, and he's a third generation, uh, and kind of much like you said, when he grew up and got out of. Uh, Got out of school, he moved away, uh, moved to Houston to the big city and went to school and worked uh, in different industries for a number of years, but uh, uh, eventually he got kind of pulled back in and uh, is running uh, running the restaurant now. So it's uh, kind of that same thing that, that uh, the family pull and the, you know, as mm-hmm. you say, just wanted to be uh, growing food and doing all that good stuff. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. so, so talk about 5th Gen Gardens. I saw on the web uh, site... Uh, since 1918, so a little over 100 years uh, in the family. That's uh, that's fantastic. I love to see that. You see uh, so many family farms uh, kind of get gobbled up by these big monster farms nowadays. So it's great to see something like this that has uh, stayed in the in your family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, all done something slightly different. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one time, there were pigs out there. There's been pheasants. My parents had cattle when we were young. Um, my dad more recently had a fish farm. We had trout out there. Yeah. And then when I decided to come back, um, I wanted to have a big garden. Mm-hmm. And so I started off with uh, about a quarter of an acre. Okay. And turned into roughly four acres now. Wow. This is the season. Um, and along the way, it's just 
kind of evolved. You know, my business has changed and grown mm-hmm. and uh, each year it seems like a new, another aspect kind of gets added to it. So I started off with a few weekly boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think my first year I had about 15 or so just, you know, kind of to see how it goes. I was still working full time at the hospital and okay. so I was doing, needed to start fall. Yeah. Uh, but then eventually, you know, I added in a few hives. I've got honeybees now. Um, we, in more recent seasons, I started working with some local chefs and getting to, you know, supply my produce to their restaurants. And, and it's something that I was never expecting to be doing, but it's one of my favorite parts of my mm, business. Yep. I really appreciate good food, and I love seeing what these people are doing with it and getting to see the, the full journey of it, you know, it's no longer just me dropping it off on somebody's doorstep. I actually get to, you know, see it on a menu and right. see people's then. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. And then uh, last year was when um, we added in this big garlic crop. So it's, right. it's constantly changing. <laughs> yeah. <Keeping> me- <laughs> What's that? It's keeping me on my toes for uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So yeah, talk about the garlic and uh, I want to get into black garlic because it's, I don't know if it's just kind of become a trendy thing, but it's uh, until recently, not anything I'd really heard of, but I keep hearing it more and more these days. So uh, uh, talk about your garlic and Alberta garlic and black garlic. Uh, I will, will try to do my best here. Um, So our garlic, um, or I should say my garlic started with you know, I had about a hundred bulbs my first year and it was just something I wanted to see if we could grow mm-hmm. in Alberta, which obviously we can, but just because other people do doesn't necessarily mean I can. Yeah. Uh, it's a really unique crop to grow, which is why I really enjoy it. Um, you plant it in the fall okay. and it goes dormant in the winter. And then it's one of the first crops that you see shoot up in the spring. So we're not quite at that point yet, but it really won't be that long until we start seeing little sprigs of green. Um, It's really low maintenance for the most part. And it does seem to do really well in, on our farm, we've got some heavy nitrogen in our soil and it just eats that right up. So um, with that all being said was I started off with a small crop and then the next year I bumped that up to about a thousand bulbs and I was doing, using it for my veggie boxes and just a few little things like Mm -hmm. that. And then, it started to become, um, you know, you know, we've had to start to think about my business here because um, it, the garden is very seasonal. Right. But I'm trying to find a way to, you know, no longer have to work off farm in the winter mm-hmm. and, and trying to find a way to make my business a bit more year round. And, you know, not only that, but also to possibly find um, a way for me to use more of our land Mm -hmm. and and utilize what we have. And so that's kind of what sparked this conversation. Mm -hmm. But, you know, my parents and I sat down and kind of pondered the idea of me being more involved with our grain. And I, I have to admit, I love being out in the field. I, I've learned a lot in the last few years and I actually do feel like I can, I play an important role now. Yeah. Such an overwhelming and, daunting task to think of ever doing it by myself and i truly honestly don't believe i'm meant to be a grain farmer (laughs) and that's okay Mm -hmm. but it does bring the question of um you know what does the future on our farm look like what is my future like and and that's kind of just where this you know idea popped into my head that you know garlic is a great crop to have. It grows well on our soil. Mm -hmm. It's something that Alberta can produce, um, you know, some outstanding garlic. It it comes down to our soil and Mm -hmm. it's fresh. It has so much flavor. And it's, it's, if you've ever had Alberta garlic versus store-bought garlic, you'll never go back. It's such a a difference in it. Um, And so there is a market for it for sure. And, And so that's kind of all the, you know, thought process that went into it. And, um, I started talking with my dad and we were trying to think of, well, what would make it unique? Because there's lots of garlic producers in Alberta. Okay. And then, you know, 
start talking about the black garlics and all the other little products that we can make. And I kind of asked him, like, well, what about smoked garlic? And he had a smoker from when he was doing fish. Okay. He just looked at me and he went, well, I can smoke anything. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great answer. (laughs) Like a a true barbecue guy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And um, we've teamed up now and, Mm -hmm. and this is kind of our, our, I don't know, experiment or adventure, whatever you want to call it. But it, it's been really fun and it's been surprising at, um, you know, the places that it's kind of taken us. I'm fascinated by the process involved in getting a new business up and running, whether it is a full-time gig or a side hustle. Calgary's own Margaret's Hot Sauce is one of those companies, and it was interesting to hear how their company started with making hot sauce from them for themselves and grew from there. Tell us how you kind of got into the... Uh, initially making the hot sauce and then we can kind of talk about how the business developed well it started i guess a couple of years ago yeah. we grew a bunch of hot peppers in our garden in the backyard yep and then at the end of the season we had an abundance of peppers and we didn't know what to do with them so we tried making we made our first batch of peach pineapple yeah that's the original and then we just we kept going kept going from there every one of whenever friends came over for barbecues they were loving it and they were asking to buy it mm-hmm. and then we were like this is just our personal hot sauce then yeah. it just kind of grew from there and then realized there was a bit of demand for it and then the more we made the more they liked yeah, yeah. there you go yeah. <laughs> so where does the name margaret's come from i'm guessing a family maybe or margaret's is my middle name ah, or margaret okay. sorry is my middle name and then he's got margaret's on his side too oh, perfect, so, so. Uh, well, once I found out her middle name was Margaret, that's that's all I call her. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> right Seemed on. fitting. Yep. Excellent. Uh, and then what was the kind of the process to go from that to starting it as a, making it a business, I guess? We, well, we were sitting having our red wine over dinner mm-hmm. in September of last year. Yep. And I think... Yeah, we had all four sauces. Yeah. yeah. We had all four sauces going at that point for yeah. making personal batches for ourselves. And yeah. we went, why not give it a go? Mm-hmm. And so we cheersed and we said, let's do this. Yeah. And we ordered labels and started designing and creating everything. And so far, it's been really good. So. Yeah. It was a good decision. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, you mentioned the four different uh, flavors. Uh, talk about those and what uh, what went into them and how they kind of came to be. So he's responsible for all the flavors for okay. sure. It was, yeah, he's just been really good at picking <laughs> the combinations yeah. and then I just execute them. Yeah. And I just say what I think would sound good, <laughs> yep. or what sounds like it would taste good, and then she makes it happen. Right yeah. Now. Yep. Each yeah. pineapple was the first, yeah. and then it just, yeah, you kept saying mm-hmm. the combinations. And then I think we made the blueberry habanero after mm-hmm. that, yep. and then the honey habanero, and then the strawberry apple, or... Was it? Might Somewhere. be the other way around, but... Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, recently, we just started dabbling with a raspberry reaper sauce. Nice. Yeah, I, I think I saw that. Uh, a little hotter. Saw yeah. something on Instagram for that the other day there, I think, so... Hmm. Yeah, we just made a little small batch. So we did 24 bottles. Yep. Uh, sold about half of that now. So it's been good. We want to make it spicier for the next round. Right. But that's a fun one to play with. Is Those are some spicy peppers. Yeah, the, that's the Carolina <laughs> Reaper, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, are you growing all the peppers yourselves or as you've kind of grown a bit, are you bringing in... We've uh, we've grown a few, and but we can't keep up. Yeah. We outsourced a lot of it, and yeah. we have a bun- bunch planted in our garden so far this year. But we we need more than we can produce. So. Yeah, yeah, we need like a whole greenhouse for, yeah. for the peppers. The growing season pretty short in Calgary. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I've uh, we've got a little <laughs> garden plot in the back there, and I've just never had much luck getting uh, getting much of anything yeah. to grow back there with the. Between yeah. the short season, the cold nights, and the hail every uh, every year, right. it, uh, yeah, that's what took out our uh, garden last year was the hail. Yeah. yeah, killed most of it really. Yeah, it seems to be. Uh, I tried at one point to build a little greenhouse box over top of it, and it nothing's. Uh, yeah, I almost just got to wait until the end of June. Yeah. yeah. 
Trying to find or develop a truly Alberta barbecue flavor profile is something I've been interested in for the last year or so, since the idea was put forward to me by Terry Andreo on a podcast episode. In this clip with Donnie Saviak from All Beef Catering and Smokehouse, he talks about how their process for smoking meat using their existing roasters is part of his effort to, to develop Calgary barbecue. Change, big concept change in yeah. the business and, and and started going after this whole smokehouse craze that sure. everybody likes to do here yeah. now. You know, smoking, everybody smokes now. I don't I don't yeah. talk to one person yeah. that's like, ah, oh, man, I smoke in my backyard, sure, which absolutely. is awesome, man. That's well, like yeah, great. The, the pellet grills, all that sort of stuff. It's made it easy for people, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah to, which uh, do it at home. Man. And the technology out there is phenomenal, man. Yeah. Like yeah. sit on your phone and control everything from uh, your phone. Yeah, man. I keep sitting out there like when I'm doing my big smoke days and I'm like, yeah. why? There's a, there is an easier way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not as stressful. Like yeah. so much can go wrong when you're using your charcoal in your wood, you yes. know, like, yeah. um, you really have to do that. But do I want to be, you know, a pit master? Yeah. Uh, do I want to be that kind of caliber of a cook? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to do this proper. Yep. Um, I'm with you there. I, yeah. Uh, I've run my little, my Oklahoma Joe Highland, uh, charcoal offset, uh, was up all night two weekends ago doing some pork butts and uh, yeah 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 you're always doing stuff man yeah, it's great it's, uh, yeah so I you know, I can see where the pellet grills the attraction to that the just the simple uh, the simplicity of it but exactly yeah. I haven't gone down that way yet so it'll yeah. happen but uh, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. As, as I get older these uh, those overnights are uh, <laughs> <laughs> they seem a little <laughs> silly to recover from that's yeah uh, I enjoyed it at the time but yeah uh, exactly yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, and what uh, talking about smokers? What do you what are you cooking on here for the barbecue? Uh? Yeah, so we um, we have our own experience, really. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, we our our units are designed more for roasting. Okay. Let's yeah. say yep. um, definitely more of a roasting style, sure. but we are infusing it with the smoke. Okay, um, using wood chunks to really bring yep. that out, as well as charcoal. So it's yep. kind of. Not a uh, kind of like a barrel cooker, yeah. But it's not a barrel, um, and we're we're using heat on both sides to kind of keep it going. Yeah. Um, so so it's kind of a unique experience that you know you don't see a lot of cookers made mm-hmm. like this. It yep. looks like an offset cooker, but we're not offset cooking, right? Um, so okay. it, it's kind of we're coming up with our own style, right? Yeah, that's and, all right. And, and that's how yeah. I told you, you know, like I'm trying to create Calgary yeah. smoking and barbecue experience, yep. right? Like. We, we, we need to do that. Yeah. We are a barbecue city. Yes. Um, so why is, why is nobody doing that? Why are we all trying to be somebody else? Yep. I'm born and raised here. I yeah, know Calgary, absolutely. man. Yeah. I've lived here my entire life. I eat and breathe that stampede. Yep. You know what I mean? I've, so like, let's do Calgary. Let's yep. create Calgary barbecue. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're passionate about and going with mm-hmm. everything now. Yeah. So... Well, and that's you. You look back at you know. You, we talked about the Texas and the North Carolina, the Carolina style. It was they were cooking with what they had, yeah, and cooking on you know from a smoker or cooking cookers. They were figuring it out with what they had, right? Absolutely, yeah. So to, for you to kind of take what you have for the the roasting, yeah, and improvising and making it so you can get some smoke in there. That's that's very much what. Everybody's, yeah, that's how you create your style. You know what I mean? Like you look at a guy like Aaron Franklin, which, you know, he's one of the OGs of the smoke game. I mean, that's what he did when he started doing it. He was just starting it simple. And now you look at his setups. It's like, man, you know, it's like, it's crazy. Those setups now these days. Oh, it's wild. Yeah. 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 Like, man. Yeah. I, I, that that'll be that's like the next you know big purchase one day yeah, big, when I when I start making money again yeah is getting that big offset smoker that are you know yeah. those things are buttes oh yeah absolutely yeah. well and you got speaking of Alberta we got uh, all sorts of folks making those here now right oh yeah. uh, smokers and cookers and yeah it's like it's one of the yeah. we're we're starting to become one of the more like mm-hmm. prominent actual yeah. producing provinces even yeah. countries of smokers yeah so it's great know? to see that as as the popularity of barbecue grows here you're getting people like yourself putting your own spin on the food yeah then you've also got the people putting their spin on the metal the, yeah, uh, making the, the equipment and everything. yeah so it's great to see that yeah uh, man and it's beautiful work too yeah man. absolutely god yeah yeah some quality uh welding, welding and all that yeah it's really, yeah uh, Nothing I can do. Uh, nope. Not my, uh, not my wheelhouse. I can't, so. I can't even draw one, man. So like. <laughs> Calgary saw a new addition to the Alberta Barbecue Trail this year with the opening of South Block Barbecue in the Mission neighborhood. 
South Block joins sister restaurants Hayden Block and Comrie Block and serves their guests a Carolina-inspired pork-centric menu. Here, Chef Craig Ramsey tells me about the inspiration for the restaurant. I've actually been to the Carolinas. Nice. And then, you know, for uh, Comrie, we went down to Nashville and okay. we ate at all the hot chicken places and stuff. Yep. So, yeah, we make sure to do our research yeah. and, and all of that. And, and again, it's, you know, it's for me... You know, they, they can give you, just like somebody can ask me for a recipe, mm-hmm. we'll never actually be able to yeah. recreate it exactly. No. But it's that is inspiration. It's going yep. and seeing those places and seeing, yeah. you know, Martin's Barbecue or like Franklin's yeah. or Hattie's, you know, yep. those places. And uh, and just really being, you know, getting what the feeling that they're after, yep. you know. Because exactly. the technique will come, right? Yeah. It's, 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 you got to experiment, yeah. right? Yeah, the, you get the feeling, the inspiration, and put, put your spin on it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, no, yeah. That's, uh, that's excellent. Yeah, I yeah. mentioned before we started recording, I, with work, get down to Texas, so I've had a chance to go to Franklin and yeah. uh, some of the other big spots down there, so uh, yeah, love so, it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I miss really, it. I missed it. I bet, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's soon, right? Hopefully. I mean, yeah. Valentina's is another yeah, one. That's, that's on my list. That's, yeah, that's, uh, I haven't been, yeah, but again, it's, those, uh, it's uh, big on the Instagram, those, and I love uh, what they're doing. Yeah, those breakfast tacos are, uh, yeah. look, look amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. yeah, some guys that do another, uh, out of Texas, another barbecue podcast, and they were at Snow's yesterday, and oh, like, okay. oh man, I miss that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah. for you know for for South Block, I mean we are going a little bit more yeah. of the coastal, but I mean yeah. you know Starlight Diner, mm-hmm. you know um, Sean Brock, you know yep. these are um, of course his name escapes me, uh, <laughs> but the one other big guy down there, Sam Jones, no, that's no, him. Some, no, um, yeah, I have his book okay. downstairs, but anyways, yep. of course I'm blanking on it, yeah, but you right. know those those traditional, yeah. you know those guys that have that Southern feel, yeah. so yeah, yeah, so let's talk about South Block then. Uh, kind of a North Carolina Yeah, North Carolina. Concept, this or? one, I mean, it's probably, I mean, it's, it's not that I'd say that it's not on theme, it's not the right thing, but this is the one that we're being, I th- say, the most adventurous with. Okay. So we are we are modeling it off off Carolina barbecue, yep. so we're putting in that, that East Coast mm-hmm. coastal thing there, so we're going to yep. have a few different fish dishes. Okay. Yeah, we're going nice. to do a whole, whole smoked trout. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. We're doing sort of my take on, on a salmon, so mm-hmm. we're going to do a maple brined, but then smoked uh, filet of salmon. Nice. Um, so that sort of thing. But then also the traditional things, shrimp and grits. You're going to yeah. see a ton of pimento yeah. and, and, and that sort of thing down there. Um, but again, we're, we're also on 4th Street. Um, you know, we're in, we're in, a, um, in, in, a, in a trendy neighborhood. Yep. And again, we got to keep that, that, that little, you know, that local spin on it. So, you know, we're doing some smoked beets and we're doing a couple other things that sure. you wouldn't really see down there. Yeah. But again, we, we're, we're, you know, I think it's going to go well, yep. but we'll, we'll, we'll see. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, live music, you know, we've got the old, the brewery as well. So yeah. now we'll be doing whiskey dinners and beer dinners. Nice. So, I mean, which is always fun cause that's really yep. where we get to really experiment. Yeah. Choose a region. Work and on the pairings and different things. Yeah, right? exactly. So, um, but yeah, and then it's really, that's kind of it. We're going to be, you know, less brisket for sure. I mean, yeah, that's sure. the one thing is it's more all pork. More pork centered. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, if we might do whole hog again, that one is mm-hmm. it's, we tried it here at Comrie when we opened Okay. and it, it's one of those reflections of the market, right? Is yeah. that here in Calgary, people don't quite understand whole hog yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more, more specifically, they don't understand the sticker price right. of whole of whole hog versus yeah. pulled pork, which is. Yeah. I mean, we we'll get there. I mean, you know, yep. the the tradition down south, of course, wasn't overnight either. Right? Exactly. So, yeah, they're a couple um, hundred years ahead of us. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. you know, we hope to like have that feeling of that Starlight Diner yeah. with with the you know the a little bit more mustard in their sauces, mm-hmm. a little bit more skin in there, a little bit more texture for the, yeah. their pulled pork. That's yeah. what we're we're going for. Um, for sure and then just you know big on the ribs you know i'm a huge proponent you know of less butchery is better mm-hmm. you know and that goes for most of my stuff so we are just going to do a pretty much an unclean side like okay. we do here yep. um with with a, a rub heavy on the garlic heavy on the chili kind nice. of thing yeah um but yeah i like the the little bits you know i mean i got nothing against people who smoke st louis nothing yeah. but at the same time for me yeah i just i like that Cooks the whole side yeah and yeah, yeah. all that so the, the, um, knuc- the knuckles and all the rest of it yeah you know yeah. for i just think it's more more back to that basic <laughs> that that tradi- very tradition tradition you know yeah. you wouldn't have seen that i don't i don't think don't quote me but you know, in the early days of barbecue, it probably would have just been a, a yeah. pretty much unclean side. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah. I'd say, yeah. 
Well, hopefully you can get the whole hog. Uh, we I mean, kind of we'll get that to catch on. For, here, we have but, had events and stuff, and that's yeah. fine. I mean, you know, doing it for weddings, sure. you know, yeah. like that that sort of thing. People get it then because mm-hmm. there's that spectacle aspect yes. to it. Yeah. But unfortunately, when you're just given, you know, a pile of whole hog and a pile of pulled pork, yeah. the untrained eye, it's very hard for them to, to distinguish tell, what yeah. it, uh, the difference yeah. is. Yeah, and why and why the differences yeah. too? You know, yep. you know, it's so awesome. One of the cool things about brisket is. For someone who's never had it before, just seeing a half pound of brisket, you are a little bit disappointed until you eat it, yeah. and then all of a sudden it just it makes sense. That you know, melt, melt away in your mouth. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So, and we're hoping to get there, you know, with uh, with with the pork in awesome. that sense. But yeah. you know, it, it'll take a while for sure. But yep. yeah. You are listening to Canada's longest running barbecue podcast, and it is time now for some barbecue news. Brought to you by the Barrel Boss Q a family-owned and operated small business in Leduc County, Alberta, and the manufacturer of the original Canadian drum smoker. Whether it is in the backyard or on the competition circuit, Kelly Troy and the Barrel Boss Q team are driven by the desire to watch their clients, showcase their cooking talents, to slow down a bit, and spend some quality time with family and friends. From entry level all the way to fully loaded models, Barrel Boss Q has the charcoal drum smokers and accessories you need to be the barbecue boss of your block or maybe get a walk at the next competition. Shipping to customers across Canada and the U.S., Barrel Boss Q spends time talking to their clients to make sure each and every smoker they make is special and meets the needs of the customer. Barrel Boss Q is honored to be a part of their customers' barbecue journeys. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram and visit them online at barrelbossq.ca, B-A-R-R-E-L-B-O-S-S-Q.ca to see the whole lineup. And tell them you heard about them on the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. A couple of weeks back, I reviewed the upcoming Canadian barbecue competitions that are on the calendar for 2022 so far, and I'll revisit that early in January. But in the meantime, there are also plenty of of events on the go south of the border. Last week's copy of the Smoke Sheet newsletter has a great rundown of events happening early in the new year, including the On Cue Business of Barbecue Seminar hosted by Amy Mills and 17th Street Barbecue in Murfreesboro, Illinois and the American Royal World Series of Barbecue Steak Cook-Off in Kansas City, Missouri. Also, I'm very excited to see that the Meatstock Music and Barbecue Festival in Melbourne, Australia is back for 2022 at the end of March. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to The Smoke Sheet at bbqnewsletter.com. Tune in next week for part two of the year in review, and we'll be back with all new content the following week with a visit from Barbecue Beat podcast host Kevin Sandridge. You can find me online at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at www.albertabbqtrail.ca where you can check out a listing of the barbecue joints here in Alberta and you can get out there and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out and show your local barbecue joints some love. Thank you to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. That's a wrap, everybody. See you all next week and keep on smoking.